This is the end of lightning as a niche technology and the beginning of lightning as a ubiquitous service. In a few years, lightning functionality will be so universal that nobody will even notice it anymore, and it will be so useful that nobody will want to live without it. Like phones, like shoes, like concrete, like the alphabet. The best in Bitcoin made audible. I am Guy Swan, and this is Bitcoin Audible. What is up, guys? Welcome back to the show. This is Bitcoin Audible, and I am Guy Swan, the guy who has read more about Bitcoin than anybody else you know. And like I said in yesterday's episode, uh, we are diving into an amazing piece on lightning today. This is from Roy Scheinfeld over at Breeze and the Breeze Wallet, and they have built, they are extending and uh, evolving their lightning as a service system. And it's this is just really, really cool. And I had the opportunity to hit up Roy on Telegram and we kind of went back and forth so I could get my head around this entirely. And I try to give, I try to explain how you would interact with this and what exactly this means in the guys take after. So stay tuned. And I also finally go through a lot of fountain boosts and comments that you guys had. Uh, and I hugely, hugely appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. But I don't want to waste any more time because I'm a little limited here. Uh, let's go ahead and get into today's read. Real quick, though, I just want to thank our amazing sponsors. That is Swan Bitcoin, the best onboarding experience in the Bitcoin space. And uh, save for the sponsor slot in the middle, there's actually some really awesome freaking announcements about their roadmap. Lightning might be underway. I don't know. I don't know. You'll have to hear about it in at the middle of the episode. Uh, but they have been a longtime supporter and it, they are hugely, hugely appreciated in a hundred different ways. Um, also, CoinKite the makers of the cold card hardware wallet and the cold card Q1, the new wallet with the QR code scanner, the battery, the the big screen, all of it is available for pre-sale. Check it out. Link is in the show notes. And then lastly, the fold card that gets you sats back on everything in your fiat life. I can't imagine doing fiat now without constantly earning sats. Like It is the way. Details, links, goodies in the show notes. Check them out. And with that, Let's get into today's read, and it's titled Lightning for Everyone in Any App, Lightning as a Service via the Breeze SDK, written by Roy Scheinfeld. Archimedes famously is supposed to have said, Give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it, and I shall move the world. While you've got to love the bravado, the quote also reflects the simple point that the right technology at the right place and the right time can move the world. Steam power was nearly 2,000 years old before the conditions were right for it to scale and change everything. All Bitcoiners since Satoshi have known this instinctively. This knowledge is what makes it rational to spend time and money on a technology that's still ripening. We know that when the conditions are right, when the technology has become efficient and convenient enough, and when people's exasperation with fiat exceeds their fear of novelty, Bitcoin's time will have arrived. Lightning itself was a huge step in making the technology more efficient and convenient, but there's still room to improve the UX for users and developers. That's where our new SDK comes in. Instead of requiring developers to learn a new technology from the ground up, the SDK lets them add Bitcoin payments to their apps, which people are already using. Our SDK revolutionizes developers' experience with Lightning. They, in turn, improve the user's UX by cleverly, creatively, and easily integrating Lightning into their apps, and everybody wins. That's how non-custodial Lightning-as-a-service will lead to the peer-to-peer -peer lightning economy. So let me explain what the SDK is, who might be interested in it, 
and how you can get started. What is the Breeze SDK? Some developers will have heard about the benefits of the Lightning Network and thought about trying it out for their own use cases. But since they're probably spending most of their time just maintaining and enhancing their own apps, they lack the time to master Lightning. I sympathize. Man, do I sympathize. The open source Breeze SDK enables developers to integrate Lightning and Bitcoin payments into their apps with zero learning curve or technical expertise. It's an end-to-end, non-custodial, drop-in solution powered by Greenlight, including a built-in LSP, on-chain interoperability, fiat on-ramps, and other services users and operators need. Developers no longer need to understand Lightning in order to use it in their apps, and they can add it wherever they would normally use a fiat payment processor, for example, PayPal, credit cards, etc. In fact, Lightning micropayments enable entirely new use cases and business models beyond what fiat can do. We give you a few ideas below. The Breeze SDK is a lot like smartphones. You can learn how to use both in minutes. They both simplify a huge range of everyday tasks. They both enable you to do things you never even considered before having them, and the underlying mechanics of how they both work are as fascinating as they are irrelevant to most of the people using them. This is the end of Lightning as a niche technology, and the beginning of Lightning as a ubiquitous service. In a few years, Lightning functionality will be so universal that nobody will even notice it anymore, and it will be so useful that nobody will want to live without it, like phones, like shoes, like concrete, like the alphabet. All you need are a few basic API calls. Give it a try and let us know about the features you'd like to see in the SDK, how it benefits you and your users, which existing features work well, and which ones could work better. We want to build what you need, so join us as a design partner. How the Breeze SDK beats fiat and respects Bitcoin. The Breeze SDK combines the best parts of the Fiat UX with the best parts of Bitcoin. 1. It's end-to-end, no assembly required. The Breeze SDK lets developers skip many steps, or more accurately, delegate these important steps back to us. For example, it includes a built-in LSP to ensure sufficient inbound capacity and reliable routing. Same goes for managing end-user nodes, enabling on-chain interoperability, implementing LNURL, and offering fiat conversions. Developers no longer need to solve these problems or even completely understand them, because they're already solved in the SDK. They just need to know what functions they want to include for their users and then add the API calls to their apps. 2. It's trustless. No custody. Everyone using the Breeze SDK gets their own node, and they keep their own keys. Their Bitcoin cannot be lost in some obscure wash trading yield scheme or any other magic beans. All peers maintain custody of their own money at all times. There is just Bitcoin, no crypto and no Ponzi's in our rug-free environment. The Breeze SDK adds no additional risk to using Bitcoin. 3. It's frictionless. No KYC or AML. KYC and AML add clicks and friction to any payment UX, and they induce fear and regulatory headaches for developers trying to be compliant. The Breeze SDK enables peer-to-peer payments, so developers never have to touch the user's money. Users save clicks and uploading pictures of themselves. Developers can skip obtaining their own license as a money transmitter, good luck, or sacrificing billions in revenue to third-party fiat payment processors. This isn't bending the rules of modern payments and finance. It's playing a different, disintermediated game. 4. It's interoperable. No wallets. Lightning as a service, or LAS, as realized by the Breeze SDK, fundamentally reconceives how users interact with Bitcoin. The goal is no longer to orange pill the world and teach them Bitcoin. It's to convert them by beating fiat at its own UX game. Users see one balance accessible from any app on any device 
just like fiat, but the money is decentralized, peer-to-peer, and non-custodial, because it's Bitcoin. They can interact with their existing apps normally, and they can access their funds wherever they are, whatever they are doing. No wallets, no custody, no friction, no seams, no barriers. 5. It's global. No borders. Why should your passport determine what money you use? If we're all breathing the same air and eating the same burgers, why aren't we using the same money? Why should developers have to redesign their apps and establish new subsidiaries for every market they penetrate? Arbitrary regulatory requirements are legacy obstacles of yesterday's currency. Non-custodial lightning, just like that in the Breeze SDK, is the only way for everyone to enjoy the same UX with the same currency, regardless of their passport, location, or who's in charge. 6. It's effortless. No hassles. Enough said. Potential use cases. Let's think a little further. Not only can the Breeze SDK improve countless apps already out there, it enables totally new monetization models thanks to the economics of Lightning. More than just a better mousetrap, this technology could catalyze a Cambrian explosion of coding creativity. There are about 27 million software developers out there, so there are probably 54 billion ideas waiting to be built. Here are a few of mine to get the juices flowing. Streaming payments for streaming content. Consider our podcast player a proof of concept, but imagine making a video narrative without episodes, just 4 or 12 or infinity hours long, and users pay by the second or minute they watch. Now extrapolate to music. Now extrapolate to audiobooks. Now extrapolate to text content. Now extrapolate to live stream. And just like our podcast player, the money goes directly from audience to creators without any intermediaries. Monetizing social media. Many great apps are platforms for users to interact among themselves. In fact, that's been the driving idea behind social media for a decade and a half. But just like users can interact through content, comments, and the fake currency of likes, they can interact with the real currency of Bitcoin thanks to Lightning. Real value in real cash can be as easy for users to pass around as a thumbs up. Since the Breeze SDK is a non-custodial, peer-to-peer solution, all users can enjoy it regardless of their location and arbitrary regulations. In-game currencies Bundled loot boxes and DLC packages are the worst UX idea since banner ads. But fiat transaction fees are so high that they're the only way for developers to offset the cost. Lightning micropayments would change everything. Why not let players go to the tavern, the potion shop, or the smith and buy their HP potions, revivifying tankards of mead and swords of wrath with micropayments in real sats? Users can also transact with each other in-game, and developers can provide rewards with real Bitcoin for in-game achievements. Cross-Border Remittances Many people in the world cross borders and oceans to provide their families with a better life. They work long hours and scrimp as much as possible to send money for rent, medical bills, and school fees back home. Companies like Western Union will forward their transfers, but keep maybe 9.5%. I won't judge what's fair, but I can guarantee the fees could be a lot lower. The Breeze SDK lets anyone write an app to make sure more of that hard-earned money gets to those waiting for it. And since it's non-custodial and peer-to-peer, national borders and KYC are frictions of the past. Disintermediated Peer-to-Peer Payments and Fintech The Breeze SDK lets developers build non-hierarchical payment and fintech apps where everybody is equal and everyone can pay everyone else directly. 
it renders payment processors from Stripe to credit cards obsolete because customers can interact directly with vendors. Banks and exchanges become obsolete because everyone holds and spends their own money. Removing banks, hierarchy, and intermediaries from the equation starts a different game for a different world. Now it's your turn. The future is only the future until we build it. The first industrial use of steam engines was to pump water out of mines. But nobody talks about that because the engines were stationary and hidden in the dark. Three generations later, inventors started adding wheels to the engines. Setting that power free and bringing it into the light made everyone take notice. And that's when steam changed everything. Lightning is at a similar juncture, and the Breeze SDK liberates its power. Our SDK brings lightning out into the, erm, um, light and frees it from antiquated, single-purpose apps. It lets developers add lightning to their projects in a matter of hours, not weeks, and lets them create seamless experiences that will feel immediately natural to users despite being brand new. The logic of peer-to-peer -peer micropayments enabled by the Breeze SDK makes so much sense that users will soon recognize fiat and its hurdles as the cages that they are. Faced with the questions of who needs KYC, who needs transaction fees, and who needs banks, users will realize the answer is, not me. Similarly, developers who have shied away from Bitcoin and Lightning because of the learning curves, integration headaches, and fiduciary hassles will realize that these obstacles no longer exist. Bitcoin is the world's future. Lightning is Bitcoin's future. And the Breeze SDK is Lightning's future. We've built the tool. Learn more here. Link in the show notes. Teach us. Now, let's go move the world. All right. And that wraps up Lightning for, what was it even called? Everyone in any app. Lightning as a service via the Breeze SDK. So this is something that as soon as I, uh, Roy actually sent this to me. We've had an ongoing just like kind of chat DM. Um, we go back and forth uh, every so often and I have kept up with what Breeze has done a lot. Um, though it's been kind of overshadowed by Noster and Keat uh, more recently. But I got to tell you, when I first read this, I was super excited, but I still could not. I was having a hard time wrapping my head around how this works. Um, so uh, I did a little bit of digging and I want to hit our sponsor really fast. But I want to talk about I want to try to give you a picture of what this is and why this could be a really, really big deal. So let's take a quick break and then we will jump back in for a guy's take. On that note, I am not sure if you have seen it. But Swan Bitcoin on their blog detailed out their roadmap for the coming years. So right now they've got the Swan app and SwanBitcoin.com, which just lets you set up like easy purchases, uh, the savings plans, one-time purchases, free custody in your own trust account, actually. And of course, free automatic withdrawals. I forget to tell everybody that they don't charge any on-chain fees. They pay for the fee to auto-withdraw to your cold storage. Then they've got Swan Private, they've got Swan Advisor, they've got Swan Business, they've got the Swan IRA, they've got Swan Premium, I mean just, oh, and Swan Media, which they've been producing really incredible stuff. Hard Money Show has really kind of been killing it lately. I've come to rely on that more and more, I've found. But one of the really cool things that they're implementing very soon, they actually say this quarter, is low, extra low KYC. You can just punch in your name and the last four of your social security for United States customers. That's a huge reduction in the normal KYC onboarding stuff. Then they're implementing target buys. Set the price that you want to buy a certain amount, and when it goes there, it automatically triggers. And that's on top of your automatic just DCA. Then they've been working with Spectre Labs to build simple self-custody and collaborative custody systems. This is something I've been very eager to kind of hear about what they are doing because the Spectre wallet and the DIY wallet that they have, there's really, really interesting tools over there. And it's awesome to see them contributing to that in an open source environment and open source 
hardware device and then trying to build specific financial services and things around that to to give as much control back to the customer as possible. But the one that I thought was most relevant to this episode and really exciting was the Swan Lightning Wallet. The roadmap, quote, calls for a simple-to-use experience with self-custody and no KYC options. The Swan Wallet will be a starting point for many new Bitcoiners with a seamless journey of learning combined with Swan design delights throughout. Now, there's some other really cool stuff to go over, but this isn't a Swan episode, and I don't want to bog it down too much. So that was just a really cool thing that I finally read. And if you aren't using the best onboarding service in Bitcoin yet, go to swanbitcoin.com guy. Link will be right in the show notes so you can check it out. Okay, so I want to go over what this is and why it's a really big deal. And what I think one of the things that we need to cover first is actually what Greenlight is. So Greenlight is a service offered by Blockstream. And it's an incredibly clever model that I've been waiting to see someone take advantage of. And I had not even realized that Breeze was going this route. I've been using Breeze for a long time. Uh, uh, as Roy said, we were, I was in a conversation with him. I was trying to work out some of the details of this. And he was like, you're a Breeze OG. And I was like, I am a Breeze OG. I was, I was there at the beginning. Um, but I've always been a huge fan of Breeze. And I've been curious to see where things are going. And he has another really good article that he linked me to that I had not read until the conversation we had. And um, also, Roy, if you listen to this, thank you. Uh, it did very, uh, very well clear up a lot of the confusion I had around how to imagine this. So back to Greenlight. Greenlight is a service, it's essentially node hosting. And it's not, a, it's not unlike what Voltage is doing in a way, because it's offloading the job of the, the routing, the computation, the syncing, like all of that stuff to a hosted service. But you retain control of your keys. And more importantly, you have an encrypted access like you have a only you have access it's encrypted you have an encrypted tunnel to your specific node on green light so it's essentially a almost a blind hosting now there are certainly privacy trade-offs in what they can assess about what you're doing with your node like what kind of transactions you're sending and that sort of thing because you're using somebody else's computer to do the work but the beauty of this is that you can easily um, plug in watchtower services. Any service you have around Lightning can then essentially have API access to your wallet. And you just have to have a means, some sort of, some sort of way. Like Roy used it as an example, analogized it to putting in your credit card information, your credit card number into each app is you have your your API number or your seed or your key, like whatever it is that grants access. But apparently they're also thinking about some sort of way to add permissions and control, you know, which app can do what and how much, et cetera. Um, that immediately evoked like the, the idea of LN bits and that kind of tool where you can have like separate wallets and derivative wallets. I mean, I don't really know what the plans are. There's a lot going into just building this version of it but the the cool thing is that this just opens up so many new avenues with the breeze sdk because there's no longer you no longer have to rely on the mobile machine to keep track of what's happening on the network but the mobile machine can still be your interface and your device can still be the sole source of the signing for your node and for your payments and everything and you can still be sovereign it's purely non-custodial and that's great obviously for the sovereignty of the user and the fact that you actually hold your own keys but potentially as importantly is you have none of the regulatory issues because nobody has control over your funds they're literally just providing service they're just like they're just keeping a version of your node hosted somewhere that you are the only one who has the keys to unlock but this means, and one of the things that Roy and the team over at Breeze are building is the 
uh, and this will be Breeze has been in beta essentially this whole time. Um, and the article that he linked me to actually has a pretty good argument or a good framing for why that has been the case and why they didn't feel that they could have a full, like a real release of Breeze. So I'll link to that article in the show notes if you want to read it. Um, he's got a really cool analogy to how a Swiss Army knife can do a lot of things and it helps with a lot of different tasks, but nobody is going to be uh, using it. Like it's not got the optimal tool for any of those tasks. It's just got, it's not great at solving any of those problems. It's just really good to have because it does have something to solve a lot of different plot problems. But it's not got a good pair of scissors. It's not got a great knife. It's not got a nail file that, you know, you're going to use in a, uh, a nail salon. Swiss Army knife, as, as he says, is a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And effectively, after Breeze, they implemented their podcast and their streaming, their uh, you know, value for value and podcasting 2.0 thing into the wallet and then the little marketplace and the point of sale, they were becoming a Swiss army knife. And a lot of it was really kind of a proof of concept to just kind of show what you could do and the fact that you could host your own node and do your own routing locally and everything. Like you could just build this entire thing into a mobile app, but it was increasingly, you know, turning into, I mean, if they wanted to add a bunch of other functionality to it, it was immediately turning into iTunes, right? It's just this bloated disaster that just tries to do 1,800 different things, and they obviously don't want to do that. Um, so what they are doing is they are changing the model with Seabreeze, and what this allows is that Greenlight and or any other hosting service, again, it doesn't have to be Greenlight, they're just, Greenlight is just the ones who have built this infrastructure and this model really well and you can spin up a node on the fly like with a command you can just you have a node bam it's done and it takes seconds they show it in like a little video i mean it's a terminal window so you don't have like a visual you're just looking at text but you send a register node command and it's just zip and you've got a node it's immediately ready to go and it's syncing you know a neutrino the filters for all of the blocks and getting up to date with everything that's going on in the network, which for a light client, it can do really, really quickly because it's like, you know, 32 megabytes of data and you're using green light servers and green light bandwidth and they already have, they're already synced with the whole network. So you can achieve that information on your little spin up in an instant node incredibly quickly. So they're making an entirely new Breeze wallet called Seabreeze that is going to take advantage of this model. But the beauty of it is because that machine is doing the computation and the work and the syncing and the, the routing that you have you know, encrypted access to, it can keep working when you cut off your mobile device. When you go offline, it can ping you and send you notifications. It can keep a watchtower up and running. It doesn't like one of the things right now is because I'm running a full LND like client using, which is a fancy way of saying I'm running a, a broken down or a, a much more simplified version of a lightning and Bitcoin node on my phone. But I am running the whole thing on my phone phone with Breeze, with the Breeze wallet. And you can tell, too, because every time I open it and it's been like three or four days, it has to sync. It has to download a few megabytes of what are referred to as block filters, but it's basically just kind of a map, you know, rather than having to download all the trees and all the area and all the actual thing, you can download a map of what has happened on Bitcoin and get very, very high assurances as to, you know, what's going on in the Bitcoin network and the state of things. And you just, you know, whether or not a transaction or anything related to your channels has happened, and you can request that information specifically if you need it. But after you download the updated map for your light node on your phone, well, then everything, you, you have full control, you have full sovereignty, like everything is running on your phone. But that means that after you haven't, if you haven't opened this for a few days, you know, your phone is you know, proof of your lightning balances and lightning keys. 
So if anything goes wrong, you need to open up your mobile app in order to enforce anything or publish a watchtower transaction. These things, you know, on the Lightning Network, there's a basically a period in which you have to contest to prove that you own the funds. But in this case, the loading goes away. When you're hosting on Greenlight, when your node is instantly spun up, it always can run its watchtower. It's all, it always can see what's going on with the network and it's always in sync with everything that's happening. And then you can just plug in all of your various apps, which just use basic commands. You know, I could use a cash app could just run this. And what they end up what they end up doing is just letting me spin from cash app by me giving access to the app locally on my phone to talk to my lightning node. So it wouldn't even be a cash app wallet. I could plug in my cash app to make uh, payments from my from this node from a single breeze instance or breeze SDK instance. It's really hard to parse out a lot of the relationships and like where these things are lying. But essentially, your node is in the cloud and your keys are with you and you give access. You can take those from app to app or from device to device to give those explicit remote access to that node so that any wallet you use can have the same balance. So you don't, like right now I have like 20 odd wallets, I don't know, I have a ton of wallets and every single one of them is a completely different set of, uh, is a completely different set of keys, completely different balance, completely different LSP, etc. Now imagine that I could build a wallet that had nothing to do with the Bitcoin side of things. It just ran commands to connect to your Greenlight node, to your Breeze instance, and to the Breeze uh, LSP, which means that when you receive a payment, you just receive a payment. You don't, you don't think about it. You have no idea. I mean, you can go see. You can still log in and see your channels and all of those same things because you have a full instance that is running it's just running in the cloud rather than directly on your machine but it means delays are gone it means that as long as you can make an internet connection where you are in the world or what regime you're under or what regulatory apparatus you're under is irrelevant you still hold your keys and you can still get to your node it also means that a local backup or a copy of it could be really really easy to do because you could just build it into an app using the very same SDK, but all you need actually is just your channel state and your keys. So you, you're just, every time you communicate with it, you back up your channel state and then all the node stuff, everything else that's going on over there can just be spun up at any particular time in an instant. Then when you're sending money to somebody in another country who doesn't have this, they can just download Seabreeze or download any other app that lets them spin this up that you know has access to this API and boom they can receive a payment instantly because it's going to give an, a lightning invoice you're going to pay them they're going to receive the funds and it's going to automatically open up a new channel for them they have they don't have to have any idea what's going on they simply re re receive the funds and maybe the initial funding the very first payment sent to set up this wallet has like a slightly larger fee and then as soon as you have a lightning instance and with many of the different benefits that an LSP and tools that an LSP can use to aggregate channel opening and closing and all of this stuff, these essentially continue to decline as you have a lightning instance and you can actually receive over lightning and you don't have to open channels. And then, of course, the LSP, their job is to essentially it's a fight to get the lowest possible fee so that they can aggregate and provide the service with as little on-chain data as possible. And again, Breeze LSP is handling this for you. So if I had to sum up what is going on here and why this is so cool, is that this is, a, this is kind of like a plug-and-play infrastructure. And that developers, so much like one of my favorite things or the most exciting things to me about Keat, is that... Uh, you don't have to deal with any networking side of things. You can just build a UI on top of this and, it, and everything is encrypted in peer-to-peer. -peer. 
this is kind of like you don't have to do anything with lightning. You don't have to manage channels. You don't have to figure out how to run a node. All you have to do is figure out how to keep a sensitive piece of information safe. That's your entire job. And then any of the apps and developers, that, that's the user's job. And any of the apps and the developers simply can call commands to you know, install the SDK with their app, call the relevant commands, and then you can use your wallet with any app. You can use your wallet inside of a game, the same wallet. You can, use, you can connect your wallet to World of Warcraft. You can connect your wallet to uh, uh, a Lightning wallet that has podcast playing inside of it. You can connect it to Fountain or whatever it is. Anybody who takes advantage of this can implement it very quickly and you get the commands attached to the right functions and in a very simple way, you grant it access, you give it the, the relevant key to talk to your node, and suddenly you can just have lightning everywhere. And developers simply plug their apps into it with the most basic commands possible. And he was even saying, Roy actually said in our conversation, they're also planning to add LDK support. So it's going to be implementation agnostic. So right now, while it's core lightning is what runs on top of green light, is that they could also plug this into LND and the other implementations, that it could be implementation agnostic. So developers won't be locked into one specific client. But these are some of the major underlying shifts in how the infrastructure works to try to take advantage of this. Like, this is the beauty of a programmable system. Is all of the different financial services, essentially, and payment services, and... Uh, hosting and backup and recovery and, you know, ownership enforcement, like all of these various tools and services that finance as we know it have, ser like have all of these things built around to provide these things, extra security, extra layers, like all of this stuff, except that every single bit of it necessarily has to be custodial. There's no way to avoid it because of how the money works in the fiat system. It is explicitly a permissioned ownership, such that without the permission to own it, without the authority of some entity to say, you own X amount of dollars, X amount of redemption of debt in this bloated disaster of a system, it literally doesn't exist. There's nothing actually there. It's just a series of granted permissions in this giant walled garden. And that's why nothing speaks the same language. Nothing can speak the same language. Why you can't have Cash App hold one of your keys to your fiat bank account or something or provide some sort of service because it's not a set of keys, it's just that the bank creates it out of thin air because they have the authority to say that you have, that you own this thing. But without the bank, it's gone. It doesn't, it literally doesn't exist. But in Bitcoin, none of these things require custody. You can delegate and separate all of these basic data hosting functions without actually giving up control over your funds at all. And then when you have elements like multi-sig and whole HTLCs and DLCs and all of these things that are finally coming to fruition, there's so many of these fascinating tools that I think are being, uh, that have been sitting around for a little while and have been grossly underdeveloped because everybody is kind of looking at the wrong place in the stack for where to solve problems. I think everybody's so generally focused on the front-facing things that it's hard to know you know there's only a subset of people who even really know what to do behind the scenes to make things work quicker and easier to build etc etc like what problems do we have and how do we how do we compromise without giving up sovereignty and specifically how do we get around the regulations and actually he says i, I think he, I really like the line where it's like they're not getting around regulations. They're simply playing an entirely different game. But one person that it reminds me of, because I had a really long conversation with him at, um, where were we? Uh, the Ger Georgia, Atlanta. We were in the Atlanta Bitcoin conference. But Paul Itoy, who built the Sphinx 
wallet and app chat app i think has such a clear image of this and has been thinking has been thinking this way for a really long time and i remember that conversation we've had a couple conversations in the past um but i remember that conversation specifically because he was talking about all the different ways that you could separate keys and how you could have you know one function key derivatives and like all of these things and how you could essentially establish a non-custodial infrastructure for payment networks and for you know bitcoin nodes and all of these things very similar to green light and like these these ideas of separating these jobs so that you're not giving up control and that these things can be handled and protected with tricks of cryptography and tricks of you know, scripting and multisig and like all of these various things. And this is just one of those things about offloading the infrastructure. Like this isn't actually using, well, aside from lightning, obviously, this isn't actually using multisig, the Breeze SDK, I mean. But it's just an example of like a shared custody model or a way to, you know, have an interesting relationship without actually giving up custody. And there's so many different ways that we can rebuild and we can fix so many of the services that have stopped being services that have stopped serving the customer at all because they're just trying to get as much of the customer's money as possible. Whereas if you can make it so that they can provide that service without getting any of the customer money whatsoever, they never have custody. They never get to loan it out on leverage to you know earn money on interest as a financial or banking or credit institution. Well, then that has nothing to do with their focus. They don't become a gambling casino trying to use you as liquidity. They literally, the only thing they do is provide you with a service and they never even have control of your funds. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about rebuilding the entire global financial system. You have to have these sorts of tools. You have to have this sort of infrastructure. And as these things get sorted out and we can separate these things, the simplification of just having a uh, development kit that lets you just plug in with like a basic API, which developers are very, very used to. It's the, it's the universal language of apps and all of the complexity and confusion of lightning is handled by a service that simply does that. And by doing that well, they earn fees with your routing by routing your payments and if they don't they have no control over your funds and you can take your node and all of you and your keys and you can take it wherever you like and i wanted to reread a section here uh a quote from the article that i thought was really good and i also like the roy always seems to have like a pretty good analogy in all of his articles to kind of try to wrap your head around to get an image of why this matters or you know relate it to something as to like where it is in its lifespan or in in the process of evolving but uh this is the quote here it says the first industrial use of steam engines was to pump water out of mines but nobody talks about that because the engines were stationary and hidden in the dark three generations later inventors starting adding wheels to the engines Setting that power free and bringing it into the light made everyone take notice, and that's when steam changed everything. Lightning is at a similar juncture, and the Breeze SDK liberates its power. Our SDK brings lightning out into the erm, light and frees it from the antiquated single-purpose apps. It lets developers add lightning to their projects in a matter of hours, not weeks, and lets them create seamless experiences that will feel immediately natural to users, despite being brand new. The logic of P2P micropayments enabled by the Breeze SDK makes so much sense that users will soon recognize fiat and its hurdles as the cages that they are. This is the kind of thing that I feel like makes the UX of Lightning in combination with the other major advancements and critical pieces of the infrastructure that have been built out over the last like two to three years, this is like one of those things, this is another layer on top of all of that that just continues to abstract away down to the user having the one 
sovereign thing that they need to have as much total control as they can without giving up, um, without having so much trade-off in how it operates and how they experience it. Now, and just as an example, imagine that, you know, you've got like Fountain, fountain Fountain.fm, and they got the Fountain app, and it's got podcasting 2.0 and streaming sats, right? And then there's there's a couple of other apps that do it. I have not actually explored any of those others. I've just used Fountain. Well, Breeze, obviously, is another one as well. I was meaning more of the podcasting apps that have integrated streaming sats. But imagine that now every single app, every podcast app you have, Spotify, any of them, could literally add in a boost button and you plug in the API to your node and immediately you have podcasting 2.0 or you have boosting in Spotify. You have it in CastBox. You have it in Apple Music, whatever. And none of them have to understand how to use Lightning. And most importantly, none of them are hosting the wallets. None of them have control over anything. And they don't even know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm paying, if you're, if I'm boosting you, I'm not paying from my Spotify app to your Spotify app. I'm paying from my Lightning node to your Lightning node. That's it. Spotify isn't even involved. They're just the ones that put the button in front of me so that I didn't have to go to another app to pull off the task. I can simply do it right in Spotify. And you can do this with any app. Video games, service-based apps. And when you start talking about plugging something like this into Keat and into Noster, where you can have a client that simply connects to your node on the back end and can instantly and frictionlessly just spin one up in the case like just onboard people instantly and then you can pay for hosting or peer services you can pay for a hole punch based vpn for you know blind forwarding for someone who's quote-unquote a permanent peer on the network etc you you immediately start you're talking about going you're talking about potentially Cutting down the time to getting someone on Lightning to receive a payment and to be able to send and buy things on Lightning to practically seconds. And it truly seems like we're in this place where all of the tools are coming together and every at every single turn, something new is landing that's taking, taking away another friction and another point of confusion and still and figuring out how to do so without taking away the control from the user. And this is how I literally think we can make a very vibrant and massive global ecosystem of apps and services and financial instruments in which that we just kind of absolve ourselves of the need of traditional finance. I mean, obviously it's a long road to get there, but the pieces are there. Like the tools are there. I think we are witnessing it happen. You know, this is protocol development and lightning is just going to be insane. It's so crazy. And actually I want to, I'll be bringing this up in an episode probably in the not too distant future about on-chain fee and long-term security and incentive model of Bitcoin uh, just because, it, I mean, maybe it's just me and my circles or something, but it seems to have come up a lot recently and a couple of people asked me about it. So I'll, I'll do, think I'm going to do an episode on that one pretty soon. In fact, if you have any reads about that that you like, um, feel free to send them my way. And in fact, on that note, I am I have a backlog of fountain comments and boosts to share. Um, Because we got some really good stuff. Let me go over to my activity. Oh, I got some good activity this week. Okay. Nolster. Nolster. Okay, so Blogging Bitcoin commented and said, we have a Nolster maxi here. So G-N-A-W. Nol. What's up, Blogging Bitcoin? And he sees Nolster as a sort of online Galt's Gulch. I agree. That's a that's a really cool way to think about it. Um, Mark C. LFG, let's f- go. 
Read 700, the race to avoid the war. I agree. I agree, Mark C. Let's f***ing go. A thousand sats, baby. Then we got Fernando V. A thousand sats. Same episode. With the message, thanks. Well, no, sir. Thank you. Then Marxy jumps back in on read 699. What is Noster? Noster. How does it work and why does it matter? Walker's last name is America. Well, okay then. I, that makes sense now. Suddenly, suddenly a lot of sense has been made. A thousand sats. Walker, America. I appreciate that. Um, uh, Mr. Mister comes in paying for my sandwich on the trillion dollar coin episode. 2100 sats. What is up? Agorist view, my brother, um, who's in a thousand sets on a native protocol for social media, read 691. Uh, with this boost, I command you to only refer to Noster as the land of nostriches from now on. Hmm, the land of nostriches. Okay, I can do that. And speaking of, if you want to follow me in the land of nostriches, I will have my pub key in the show notes. Mark C. boosts in a thousand sats again, liking the basics episodes. Awesome. I appreciate that. That's good. I'm, I've had a couple of people, I've had some really good feedback so far on the basics episodes. Um, and that was the point. So hopefully I will continue to do it well. Kelsey Toy 73 jumps in 100 sats. Great series. Also the basics. Oh, uh, two. Great series. Keep going with this. There's a lot to learn. There is. That is no joke. User 86, bunch of numbers, boosted 100 sats. Noster in Latin means hour. I always heard Noster, N O S T E R, in Latin pronounced no, like in notes. Okay. So Noster means hour in Latin. That is a cool coincidence. Oh my god, I really like that. The land of nostriches is ours. Man, I'm keeping that in my pocket. Thank you, user 86 bunch of numbers. Uh, Ganilma boost 2121 sats. That Ayn Rand quote at the end is lit as fuck and I love it. That's a great quote. It's one of my favorites. Uh, Once again, keep up the good work. Stay humble. Stack sats. Read 699. Southside jumps in with 6,900 sats. Oh man, that's a that's a boost. Pre-corners need to find the problem themselves that Bitcoin solves. I agree. Read 698 an orange pill for Bitcoiners, but that's and that's where our job is, right? Is when they find the problem. That was that's actually one of the crazy things is I heard uh I read a transcript piece. I actually didn't listen to the episode. I've been meaning to go back. I've got it saved somewhere. But um that on the Odd Lots podcast, that he goes through this series of things about how you can't use Bitcoin because, or you won't use Bitcoin because it's volatile. And there was some really stupid God. And I don't mean that insultingly, but it was so dumb. Uh, I can't remember what it was. It was, oh, I hate it. I hate it. I'm not going to be able to remember it. But it was a really dumb excuse and it didn't make any sense. It was like some super subjective, like people wouldn't think of it right because of uh, I'm I'm screwing it up. I have no idea. But basically, what he summed it up as is what problem does Bitcoin solve? Bitcoin doesn't solve any problems. And I was just like, dude, you have no you have no idea. It doesn't. It's not. It solves every problem. It solves every problem. God, it's so crazy. People have such ignorance about money and its consequences. And how do you get that across to people? And and how do you do it without them? Like a Southside has, says here, how do you how do you do it without them having to suffer first, having to realize you know the when you have a problem with money, you don't have small problems, you have huge problems. So, ah, oh, doesn't solve any problems. It's crazy. Appreciate that Southside. Uh, holy sec, Jackman 51 boosted 100 sats. What's up? Uh, amazing episode as always. Thank you. It's re the trillion dollar coin. Fernando comes back in with a thousand sats. Protocol over platform. Thanks for the education. 100%. Oh, that's read 611, the freedom of value. Great one from Dergigi. Uh, basics 02, 500 sats from Doug T. Well done. Thank you, sir. 
Lots of good feedback on the basics episodes. 48 Turla. Is that an R? Yes, Turla. 4880 sats. My streaming sats wasn't working for me this episode, so here's the sats I wanted to give you for this rip. $6.99 on Noster, the land of nostriches. Hell yeah, thank you. Turla boosted 100 sats. Test. <laughs> uh, Kobe boosted 1,000 sats. Great episode, FYI. Doesn't look like your referral code works for the Q1. Oh, Bitcoin Audible invoice must contain... Yes, cold card three and four. So the CoinKite code for Bitcoin Audible gets you 9% off. It only works with the cold card versions Mark three and Mark four right now, uh, but it will work for the new cold card Q1. But right now, the early bird discount is the biggest discount, essentially. Um, so if you want to pre-order it and get it at whatever, they actually haven't even set the official price yet. They're trying to figure out what makes the most sense so that, you know, they're not burning through money to make this thing. So we don't know exactly what it's going to be, but you will get 9% when it releases and the Bitcoin Audible code will work. It just won't right now because right now it's pre-order pricing, which is just totally different than what the, the actual device will cost. So yeah, sorry about that, and thank you for checking for me and letting me know, by the way. And then we got user 48 bunch of numbers, 2100 sats. Thanks, guy, for Bitcoin Basics 02. You are welcome, user 4832 bunch of numbers. And I just realized there were definitely some others that I wanted to cover, but they are no longer... How do I find them? That's as far back as I can go into my activity. Well, we'll cut it off here. And I'm going to see if I can find out, because there are definitely some boosts and messages that I did not get to share on the show, and I wanted to. I remember them. Um, but with that, that's, that, that'll cover it for this show. I think this is a really cool, and what a great example of lightning, right? Like right here at the end, I've just got Keysend stuck into my RSS feed, and people are able to boost. People are, you know, uh, streaming sats to me for the episode. And how freaking cool is that? Like how, like this is happening. And Linux Unplugged, our mortal enemies, is not a Bitcoin podcast, but they are getting streaming sats. And in fact, my brother, who, Agoris View, who made me call it the land of nostriches, talks with someone who has a Christian podcast, um, a good friend of his, and he is going to get on streaming sats and get a lightning wallet plugged into it. And imagine when any app that he has can literally just spin this thing up on the fly. Like, the, like he's going to have a little bit of a thing trying to figure it out. I mean, he can use the built-in fountain, which makes it a whole lot easier. But still, think about when the hosting service can run the SDK, the Breeze SDK, and he can self-host like Fountain, at least, you know, the built-in thing is actually a wallet that is being hosted by Ellen Pay. So you don't have the keys, you have to withdraw, which makes it a really, really handy service. But if you are using them for your hosting, they are custodial. And I just make it a habit to, you know, regularly withdraw so that they're my keys. But now imagine you could just plug that in and not have to host it. That Fountain, that any other podcasting app doesn't have to do that job. And simultaneously doesn't have to worry about the security issues or the lightning back end. Now, maybe Fountain does want to do that because they're good at it. And or Ellen Pay in particular has a really awesome tool. I've been using them for a long time. Uh, one of the main founders and builders over there is a really good friend of mine. And he's crazy smart dude. And he just does. He just builds things. Shout out to Bootstrap Bandit if you uh, listen to this at any time. But it's just... Like there are people who have nothing to do with lightning who are onboarding into lightning. There are like sats are spreading everywhere and they're becoming more and more accessible in more and more places and with less and less barrier. And I think there was a Noster, a Noster note, uh, a land of Nostriches note by Dergigi recently. Something along, I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but it was something along the lines of a very, a very critical principle that I think is fundamentally true is that the key to freedom is to lower the barrier for exiting. And there's actually a really old piece we read on this show by Nick Zabo. Hey, buddy. Rad, you want to say something on the podcast? 
What do you think? We're going to get... Little Rad is going to join us for the podcast today. What's up, buddy? That's... Say something into the mic and grab the mic. You, you've been making so much noise, and the second, the second I need you to make some noise, you just, you just shut your mouth. <laughs> Give me the mic. Let me hold it. Okay, buddy, I'll be in there in just a minute. We're closing up the show now. Okay. All right. Um, but there's a piece called Exit and Freedom by Nick Zabo. Ancient piece on the show. This was back when we were still the crypto economy. But it is basically this idea. Um, and just the nature, just the idea of digital money to begin with and the ability to hold value in your head and take it wherever you go. And now that you lose you lose the barrier of governments and regulations and plugging into financial networks and payment systems. Like this is this is going to steamroll. And I, I think we're we're in this, and I say this every time we talk about lightning, but we're in this fascinating place where things are starting to move, like things are really starting to catch. And people are going to realize, just like Roy Scheinfeld said in this thing, is that fiat is going to increasingly look like going back into a cage where you can't do anything with your money, you don't have any access to it, and you have permissioned and you're being surveilled and everything is being under is under lock and key by someone else, not you. And you were simply being given access to it per your p- proper opinion and make sure that you're buying the right things. And not only is fiat just as a system garbage, but it's becoming so politically manipulated and controlled that it literally is a prison. And honestly, when I do so much in Bitcoin now, and this is why I encourage you guys to learn the tools and start playing with these things and figure out where you can use sats, where you can play with lightning and do these things and integrate it into your life, even if it's just one little area or one little thing, simply because when I have to go back to banking system stuff and traditional quote unquote finance, it's awful. The, my, the amount of control and access I have to all of my Bitcoin stuff is incredible. I don't have to ask anybody. There's no banking hours. There's no limits, nothing. It's all under my control. And at the end of the day, a Bitcoin transaction can undo or redo, set up or shut down anything and everything that I have basically in the Bitcoin space. And I want everyone else to understand that feeling and understand what what that is like and how they can use it all over the place and for lots of different purposes. And maybe that's just another video I need to make. You know, we did with a, uh, a JC, uh, a good friend of mine from the Raleigh Bitcoin meetup. We did a video online called how to live, um, how to live on Bitcoin in 2020. And it was just before the pandemic and everything hit, but we were actually using fold. That was like right when it was new we used fold we used bit refill uh, uh did we use uh what else did we use i can't even remember i haven't seen the video in so long i've I'd forgotten but i'll have a link to it so you can check it out um it's pretty funny it's entertaining and it did surprisingly well and i should i should do an updated one on all the tools and things that i use today and how i build my bitcoin life uh so that because it really is digestible. It's not that difficult. You just have to know what the tools are and what the services are and what the apps are. And maybe I'm overdue for breaking it down. And this this could be a good part of the basics series or, uh, you know, in line with the basic series, something to, you know, give it a little bit of flavor, put some sprinkles on the side, some extracurricular content. With that, uh, we will close this one out. Uh, sorry to the guys who boosted in on Fountain and somehow I have lost their comments. Uh, like I said, I'm going to figure out how to dig into In fact, if anybody wants to uh, shoot me a message and let me know, you know, somebody knows how to work the Fountain magic, uh, I would appreciate that. That would save me some time. And with that, I just want to thank our amazing sponsors, Swan Bitcoin, CoinKite, and Fold. They really are some of the services I use more than anything else. I actually went to Brecky's uh, Canon, Bitcoin Canon today. Um, he has 12 things on art in Bitcoin and there are different episodes and things around that. 
And it was kind of fun. Uh, Clarky and um, Keith had asked me about some Bitcoin art. And uh, I realized I hadn't covered that one or I haven't thought about that. And that might be something I want to do on the show. I'm going to listen through his canon on swanbitcoin.com, uh, Brecky Von Bitcoins, that is, um, and uh, see that we should do an episode around that. I've never really done art and culture around Bitcoin outside of just like mm, having some Bitcoin maximalist rant. <laughs> so anyway, that's another great, another great thing. Swan has the Swan Canon and the curated list of so much content. Like that's a great example, actually, of just one of the isolated ideas that you can have. You can just explore in depth because Swan Bitcoin has this aggregation of resources. They are unbelievably valuable, highly, highly recommended. Um, and of course, stack sats on everything with a fold card and get that shit securely on your cold card. Links for free sats, discount codes, all the goodies right there in the show notes. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will be back with another episode tomorrow. Hope you had a wonderful Valentine's Day and I will catch you on the next Bitcoin Audible. Until then, everybody, take it easy, guys. Our faith in freedom does not rest on the foreseeable results in particular circumstances, but on the belief that it will, on balance, release more forces for the good than for the bad. Friedrich August von Hayek This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.